War is horrible. And it's no shock that the news out of the Middle East is tragic for so many innocent lives that have been taken. I'm Charles Morris with a special Great Stories podcast for you today. We recently did a Holy Land update with our partners with Jews for Jesus. Their president, David Breckner, joined me and some of our listeners to talk about what was happening in Israel and Gaza right now. We were also joined by their Israeli director, Ellie Birnbaum, who in the middle of the interview had to flee to his bomb shelter due to missile warning sirens. Well, what's happening there is real for Ellie and his wife and two young boys. So I want to encourage you to listen in. And I know you'll hear about ways that you can be praying for peace in the Middle East. And just as we start, let me share with you a fund called Help and Hope for Israel that we started to send money directly to displaced people right now. We're working with Jews for Jesus, and 100% of what's given to this fund will go directly to Israel. You can learn more about Help and Hope for Israel at haventoday.org. I'll tell you more about it at the end of the podcast, but now let's go to Israel. Shalom. Good morning. It's... uh... Nine o'clock Pacific time. It's 12 noon Eastern time. I'm Charles Morris, and thank you for joining me with this special Holy Land update that comes on a significant day uh, after another horrific night uh, in Israel and Gaza. Um, We're joined right now by the president of Jews for Jesus. Uh, His name is David Brickner. David, welcome. Thank you for joining us on this program, a special briefing that we're doing an update from the Holy Land. Thank you, Charles, and shalom to you and to all of our listeners today. I'm so glad to be with you. Well, and I think one thing we should mention is uh, the country director, um, Ellie Burnham, uh, Burnbaum, who we've had on the program already in the past few days on the radio program, Haven Today, he uh, is on his way trying to reach us right now and join the Zoom call. But because of President Biden landing in Tel Aviv, uh, he's caught up in traffic. So it's taking a lot longer to get to his Zoom location. But we hope he'll be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, on the program, when something like this happens, when a war breaks out, whether it was Ukraine a year and a half ago, or whether this invasion of Israel by Hamas, and now uh, the tension going back and forth, where do you go? Where do you turn in God's word? And um, what we've been doing on the air is we have been lingering and uh, opening up the lament psalms. Uh, The lament psalms are some personal and some are corporate, And uh, every single person in Israel, every uh, Jewish believer in Yeshua that we've spoken with, when I say, what are you praying? Where are you going in scripture? Every single person has mentioned Psalm 91. And then they go on and mention other Psalms as well. But let me just open up with the tail end of one lament Psalm that just is significant and it... uh, comes out of Psalm 80, restore us, Lord God Almighty, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Uh, 
that says a lot. And I'm not going to preach that to us today. On the radio program, we're unpacking another one of these lament psalms uh, across North America, around the world today. But um, we need restoration. God is our refuge. Uh, we hide under the shadow of his wings. And no matter what is going on around us, no matter how tragic things seem, uh, when we have Jesus at our side and in our hearts, we have nothing to fear. And I, I think it would be very good. We, we, we want to pray as we open. We're going to take question and answers. Uh, if you've got a question for David and, and uh, hopefully uh, Ellie when he comes on with us, if you'll go to the bottom of your Zoom screen, there's a little place that says Q&A at the bottom. You can just click on that and feel free to, to write a question, leave a question for us, and we'll get to those in just a little bit right now. But um, I, I, I think it might be good before we move into the war. This is not on our agenda, but um, David, um, let's just turn to you. Would you open us with prayer? And then I just want to ask about your own faith in Yeshua, Jesus Christ. But lead us, would you mind leading us in prayer as we open right now? Absolutely. And uh, it's wonderful to be able to pray with hope because of the promise of scriptures, which are an anchor for our soul in times of trouble. And a traditional Jewish prayer for peace comes right out of that great prophet Isaiah. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, that we may walk the paths of the Most High, and we shall beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Almighty God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of all who love the Messiah, Yeshua, we come before you in this time of great stress. Uh, we recognize that things are not as you intended for them to be, that this world is broken and the situation in Israel and Gaza right now is the most visceral evidence of the brokenness of our world. The hope that we prayed from Isaiah uh, is real because you are real. Your promises are sure. Your character remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we who uh, flee to hope cling to those promises. We recognize that we are a long way off from them being realized here on this earth. And so we pray along with the psalmist, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we ask that the Prince of Peace will rule and reign in the hearts of your people and that your shalom will come indeed through salvation and faith in Israel's Messiah. Lord, we thank you that the psalmist didn't just say, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also that same verse reads, may they be secure who love you. Lord, we recognize that this 
applies to everyone who loves you, all people. And we pray especially for the security of your uh, body. Your word tells us to do good, especially to the household of faith. And we know, Lord, there are true brothers and sisters in Messiah that are on both sides of this conflict. And we pray mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. unity of your body. We mm -hmm. pray for the peace in the hearts of those who are in harm's way right now. And mm -hmm. we pray that Yeshua, you would come and minister with first of all, mercy. Lord, we need your mercy in times like this. We need your grace. We need the outpouring of your Holy Spirit to accomplish uh, your purposes. And we pray, Lord, for your children. And we pray for wisdom for our leaders. Lord, you instruct us to pray for our leaders. Uh, in this conundrum, in this insolvable, it would seem intractable conflict, uh, may you give wisdom to leaders to lead and to prevent any further harm from coming, especially to innocence. Lord, we pray against the evil of those who are inspired by your enemy, by our adversary, Hasatan who is opposed to every good thing, who only seeks to steal and kill and destroy. And we who are your people want to be clear uh, from your word and from your spirit that there is evil in this world and there are people with evil intent. And we pray against their purposes and ask for the goodness of God to rule and reign in the hearts of people. We pray, Lord, that you would judge those who have evil intent and are trying to destroy and bring disharmony and evil into this world. And Lord, you know, um, the apostle Paul was at one time an opposer uh, to everything that is good uh, for the followers of, of Jesus. And I'm sure there were first century believers in Jesus who were praying imprecatory prayers against uh, Rabbi Saul of Tarsus. And you answered their prayers with a blinding light and a salvation for our brother Paul, who now loves you and has been the greatest missionary of all time. And Lord, mm -hmm. there may be the Apostle Paul in the making on both sides of this conflict. And so we pray for salvation of our enemies. Lord, we pray that you would accomplish all you intend through this war. Lord, you've brought about unity uh, in certain ways already where there was great disunity. And we pray that that would ultimately be a reality, not just in a political sense, but especially in a spiritual sense as unity comes. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we know, Lord, that unity is only found in Yeshua, our Messiah, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you uh, have joined us a little bit after the hour, uh, praying for us just then was uh, David Brickner. He's the president of Jews for Jesus. And uh, Ellie Birnbaum, who's uh, the head of Jews for Jesus in Israel, has just joined us. We'll give you a moment to uh, catch your breath. We explained to people that you were caught up uh, in the traffic jam of Tel Aviv because the president of the United States arrived not too many hours ago. 
Um, I, we'll get to personal faith in just a moment, but I think, David, um, let's talk about this hospital attack. Uh, I, sh I should mention uh, to everyone who's joined us that Ah Ali, this hospital, was actually a hospital that was founded in Gaza by Christians. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was installed. It was built many decades ago uh, by Anglicans out of England. Uh, later on, it was taken over by the Southern Baptist Convention out of the United States, and now it's back in the hands of some Anglicans. And and while this hospital at this point probably is very secular and doesn't have its roots, it's ironic that it was a hospital that was founded by Christians that was bombed last night and many hundreds were killed and uh, and and the insults are going back and who's to blame. And you really, uh, no one's ever going to admit on one side or the other side that they did it, right? Well, I would say that... Um... There's no question that this is a tragedy beyond measure. And our hearts grieve for all those who are wounded uh, and who have lost loved ones. Uh, and for the loss of this facility, which is caring for people. But at the same time, we know that there is a uh, no equivalency between uh, Israel that is trying to defend itself in the midst of a war that is really more uh, 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 the uh, opposition is terrorists who hide behind hospitals mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. civilians mm -hmm. and are really the blood is is on the hands of those who have done this but i would f say further i've seen most compelling evidence from the idf that this was not a missile that was sent from uh, uh, israel into gaza but rather a, an errant missile, a rocket that was intended to go from, I think, Islamic Jihad into. Yes. And so I think that whether or not people believe that, I know your narrative is what guides your convictions. And so there are countless millions of people that are going to believe that Israel intended to target this hospital, I think that the evidence points to a different thing. And I know Israel seeks in every instance to follow the Geneva conventions and the guidelines for modern warfare. They do not target hospitals. They do not target innocents. Uh, there are in the fog of war, oftentimes tragedies that do occur. And I know that when that has happened in the past and Israel has made an error, they have acknowledged it. And so mm -hmm. my 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 conviction is that this is exactly as they've reported it. It was an errant missile sent from terrorists. They blew up their own uh, people. Uh, and it's just more indication of the sadness of this tragedy that has befallen the Palestinian people. You know, I prayed from Psalm 122, verse 6, that... Uh, uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Most people don't pay attention to the second part of the verse. May they see, be secure who love you. So there's a security that we're praying for, for all who love the Lord. And my 
confidences that there were some people in that hospital last night who loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. to recognize that there's no good outcome in any sense, regardless of who is to blame, but we must pray for peace and we must pray especially for the household of faith. Amen. I think, I think it's, it's, it's most interesting. Um, I went to bed last night. Uh, we changed our program for today to mention the hospital bombing. Uh, I emphasize the trading of who is to blame And I got up this morning, though. We have to make a satellite deadline to get the program up for the next day. But when I got up early this morning on the West Coast, um, there it was, this new evidence that it looks like it was a jihadist missile uh, that just broke apart. And, of course, one of the things things that just is an established fact is that Hamas has consistently, uh, through the years, uh, hidden their troops, their missile launchers near hospitals, near schools, uh, near places that should be a place that's protected in safety. But the tragedy in all of this is that uh, there were a lot of people in the hospital being treated but there were up to a thousand people that are in the courtyard of the hospital that were just seeking a safe place to be. And uh, it just, as I opened up, as we were saying, to be in the shadow of the safety of the wings of the Lord uh, is where we need to be. Let's, um, uh, Ellie Birnbaum, have you caught your breath now? Yes, I have. All right. Okay. Thank you for joining us from Tel Aviv. Um we, of course, as you heard us talking, we were talking about the hospital bombing, uh, the trading of who's to blame. Uh, you're not going to convince people outside of Israel in the Middle East who are Muslim that it wasn't Israel that did this. And 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 that's just the way it is. Uh, I've, I've had Muslims, Muslims in the Middle East tell me that 9-11 was actually caused by the United States of America. And they believe that. They honestly believe that. Um, and and yet, we're not seeking that kind of truth on this call right now. We want to talk about the truth that's going uh, and comes only through Jesus Christ and is found in him. Uh, Ellie, let's, 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 uh, you've got the president of the United States in town, the secretary of state, uh, Blinken has been there for a number of days. He's been shuttling back and forth. Um, we'll maybe return to this a little bit later, but let's go back to two Saturdays ago. Uh, let's go back to when the invasion started, uh, Hamas invading, uh, from the Gaza. Uh, where were you, where was your team, Uh, You're also a leader in your church there in Tel Aviv, uh, as well as the director of Jews for Jesus. Just tell us what was going on that Saturday morning, starting at 6.30. Yeah, so I actually slept through the first siren, and the second siren came around 6.55. I woke up, um, and I remember telling my wife to keep sleeping because this does not seem like uh, normal, because usually we have... um, we have time. We were warned. We know that that battle's coming. And really this time, 
uh, we woke up and there was a siren and we we weren't didn't know what to expect. But almost immediately after the 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 sirens went off, we I began receiving text messages and WhatsApp messages um, of people who are in the line of fire, just letting us know that they're under attack. So um, I'm in a I'm still in our Bible study for soldiers uh, message group, and there's a kid uh, in there. Um, he's 19 years old. He was there with his family. And uh, he was just letting us know that uh, he can hear gunfire outside of his house. Now, that was just a big, huge shock for us that we would have such vulnerability uh, in a city in Israel. They live in, in Sderot, which is a city uh, uh, near the border uh, with Gaza. Um, and very soon we began every single text group we were in where people were letting us know that horrors are happening at this moment in Israel. Um, and it wasn't until late in the afternoon that we began to hear reports that the army had uh, been able to take over any of the situations. Um, but for those first five or six hours, all we heard was people um, being in danger. And uh, it wasn't until the next day, the next day that um Israel got control again of those territories. And I think uh, it, 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 if someone hasn't been listening to our radio program, just describe the safe rooms, the bomb shelters that uh, people in Israel have. And what do you do when you hear the siren? Uh, tell us about a signal eight that came a few hours later as well, all yeah. across the country. So, so, uh, it's it's a drill we all know very well. You hear a siren and you run either to the bomb shelter or to the safest place in your house if your uh, if your house was built after the nineties, um, and, and because then they didn't have a, a safe room. And so, a safe room is a fortified room um, that will withhold um, um, an attack from 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 a missile. Um, and so. You know, my four-year-old knows exactly what to do when he hears a siren, and he's the mo and he just he says, "Siren, siren!" and he runs to where we need to go and immediately calls his older brother to follow along, um, and that's uh, how he's grown up. Um, he has not known a year where he didn't have to run to a bomb shelter, and this time it's been way worse than we ever experienced. Um, and uh, every day for the last uh, 10 days. Today, we still haven't had a siren. Um, and so if you hear a siren while we're on um, this call, I'm going to have to go into that safe room, um, which is something we're expecting this evening. Um, so that's kind of been the reality of what we are. And, and, a, and a rocket fell just down the street from where I'm staying right now. I actually moved apartments because I don't have uh, a safe room, and it was becoming uh, very tedious to find a cover every few hours uh, with the kids, especially. Um, during the day, every um, male, every soldier began receiving calls from their commanders, letting them know that they're going to be drafted. And so uh, over 400,000 soldiers were drafted by um, by Monday, but it, the draft came in, it's called the uh, the um Order eight uh, is it's called, and that means that we're all called uh, into military and to a time of war. And, uh, you know, when you're walking around the street uh, nowadays, um, it's much more rare to see a young man walking around. 
Um, and if you do, they might be in uniform. And that's just kind of our country. It's something that we all know. We all have grown up into knowing. So just I can say I grew up in Israel. I went to serve in the army when I was 19 years old. And from the moment I've been in the army and all the 20 years I've been in reserves, we were all waiting for the war for our existence, but hoping it wouldn't be in our uh, our hour, our time. And the real feeling on the street in Israel is that we're not just fighting Hamas, we're not just fighting this, we're fighting for our existence and we're fighting for the right to be here and to live here. And so that's why everyone is gathering up. And so if you're not in the army, people are helping people who are serving, uh, helping people that have to leave their homes. That's the whole the whole country is, has really gathered around um, this fight that we're in. So, hmm. good. That's good. That's good. Uh, let's 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 turn now to and and obviously uh, the attacks that came along the border. There, uh, we've put on the air other people, uh, other stories as well. People that were in Sidorot. Uh, who uh, were in their bomb shelter for 15 hours. Some of those people in some of those kibbutzes had safe rooms. Uh, Hamas was trying to pound down the door. They were trying to take hostages. They were trying to kill people. On one of the kibbutzes, of course, there were the 40 babies that died. Some of them were beheaded. This doesn't, even ISIS uh, didn't perform as horrific acts as have been performed uh, along outside of Gaza in southern Israel in the last two weeks. And then, of course, there's the other side. Uh, uh, Ellie, you and I talked about the minority, the very small minority of, of Christian Arabs that are in uh, Gaza uh, that are being impacted by this. And how does the Lord work at a time like this? David, uh, let's go back to you. David Brickner, president of Jews for Jesus. Um, you guys haven't been in Israel that many years, uh, and you barely got in. I mean, Jews for Jesus was not exactly a welcome entity to come into the country, and yet the Lord made a way, didn't he? Well, we have had Jewish believers in Jesus in Israel since the founding of the state, and even yes. before then. But yes. It, our ministry actually became uh, a registered not-for-profit uh, recognized by the government of Israel. And I think it was 2001. Isn't that right, Ellie? Um, mm -hmm. And so it's been a while. And uh, our purpose statement in our papers uh, that are filed with the government are that we are to be preaching the gospel using both the Old and New Testament and helping people. <laughs> Uh, with uh, spiritual values. And so we are free to proclaim the gospel. A lot of Christians are unaware that Israel is a democracy that is signed on to the human rights charter regarding freedom of religion. And so we are able to share, and we do share. And one of the greatest means that we have of sharing is through the sharing of the scriptures. Uh, just this week, I saw a picture of one of our staff, Simon, who is packaging up 66 uh, New Testaments in Hebrew that had been requested uh, on our website by Israelis who are searching. So we see that this war, uh, you know, yes, uh, the religious especially are not happy 
to have Jews for Jesus. And, and, and we've had quite a bit of opposition. But on the other hand, we are fully legal in everything that we do in our ministry. We're recognized as a not-for-profit. We have an amuta, it's called a uh, registered not-for-profit organization. And we're audited <laughs> every year, um, but we are able to conduct our ministry. And uh, we, we thank God for the freedoms of a democracy in the Middle East, which is a rarity, as you know, uh, by which we can openly proclaim our faith in Jesus. And and uh, we do have opposition, like you said, um, but we are uh, greeted, especially Ellie, I have to say, has done a, mar a marvelous job of establishing our presence in Florentine, which is an area on the south end of Tel Aviv, very popular among a younger audience. And uh, our Rosen Center there is, is now a, a place where people are coming both to drop off supplies uh, to help those in need, as well as to take some of the packages that we put together and carry them with them to the south, where there is still so much need and so much mourning and loss. And so we're we're even though yes, uh, you know, it, there is a, a tradition in the Jewish community of of opposing people like me and Ellie who are Jewish believers in Jesus. At a time like this, oftentimes those issues are put aside. We're all one in standing together for the continuing, um, you know, well-being of Israel. Hmm. Thank you. Let me remind people that you can ask a question if you want. We've got some questions that have already shown up. Go to the bottom of your Zoom screen, and there you'll see Q&A. You can type in a question. Uh, somebody wrote to Ellie, what are the greatest needs in Israel? that our church can support right now? Well, I think that um, praying for, for the salvation of the Jewish people is the biggest need that I can ask anyone to do and to pray for our work. Um, we're in contact with hundreds of people. Uh, we're talking, all of them know of our faith and, and just pray that God would use this moment of, of despair um, to, to help us bring hope. And in order to do that, we really need prayer um, to have hope uh, because each one of us are handling this same type of despair. And so um, really pray for, pray for the staff of Jews for Jesus. It's been a hard week and a half. Mm. Um, we've been tired. Mm. Uh, we, 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 we know people that are, that have died. And um, I got to step into the bomb shelter. So We'll see that it will, it will, uh, I'll be with you. Okay. Okay. We'll pause with you right now, Ellie, as you're, as you're moving. We can't hear the siren, but I assume a siren is going off right now. Uh, let me throw another question that someone wrote in. Um, so David, let's go to you with this question. Um, someone's kind of asking for what's going on in different places uh, around Israel, what's occurring in the West Bank. They also mentioned Hezbollah. Explain to us where Hamas is, which they launched the attack in, from Gaza in. Tell us about Hezbollah, and then explain the difference between Gaza and the West Bank. 
Sure. Uh, Ellie's back. I don't know if you want him to answer the question. There, 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 there's really a lot uh, of needs that people have. Um, and you were asking that first question. Um, praying for salvation is certainly that, but there are practical needs that we're meeting on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, when Israel calls up 300,000 people with the signal eight, they just grab whatever they have and go. So they're at the front lines and they didn't bring, you know, food supplies. They didn't bring uh, thermal underwear for the cold desert nights. They didn't bring things that they actually do need. And so there are regularly uh, supplies. Uh, Dan Serrett is flying uh, over to Israel and he's got a list a mile long of things that he's going to Costco to buy for the needy people, both those who have been displaced by the war, as well as those who are on the front lines. So you can obviously see the need practically and help us to meet it. Uh, Ellie is kind of coordinating a lot of the various efforts on the part of local churches and uh, ministries. Uh, we're all working together, coordinating our efforts to, to meet those practical needs as well. So prayer and then practically helping us to meet those needs. But in terms of the layout of the land, um, I think until this most recent problem with the hospital uh, in, um, in Gaza, uh, the West Bank was relatively peaceful, relatively quiet. But with that report and the accusation that the IDF was responsible for it, I think the West Bank has now turned into a bit of a roiling turmoil. Uh, this is the area uh, of Judea and Samaria that uh, is still recognized uh, as uh, not not officially part of uh, the nation of Israel. Ellie may be able to use a bit better language uh, for me to describe uh, the West Bank. Uh, it's technically a part of uh, the land mass that is uh, biblical Israel, but it is uh, under the Palestinian Authority, and therefore uh, a, a, a territory, uh, not actually the state of Israel. The north, uh, where is uh, the border between Lebanon and Syria, uh, you can stand in one place and see both countries and still be in Israel. And that is where the uh, possibility of a second front uh, may be opening up with Hezbollah, which uh, uh, makes Hamas look like, uh, you know, junior high schoolers by comparison. They are an army, uh, whereas Hamas is, is a bloodthirsty terrorist organization. Hezbollah is similarly uh, sanctioned and supply, supplied by Iran, but they are a, a real army. And Israel has fought a war. Uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, 2003, I don't remember, Ellie, when it was. Six. Yeah. 2006. 2006. And it was, it was, it was one of those wars that there wasn't a clear winner. In, and Israel was shocked by that war. So we don't want to see a second front war opened up on, uh, uh, with Hezbollah. We certainly don't want to see roiling in the West Bank among, uh, the Palestinian communities there. We, we just want to be able to put an end to Hamas and their rule in Gaza and hopefully bring about peace at some level between Gaza and Israel. 
And I guess I should say that right now you've got in the middle, the Middle East is teetering on it becoming a wider war. The bombing of the hospital last night uh, in Gaza City certainly did not help. And, um, uh, you know, there were thousands that were surrounding uh, the U.S. embassy in Beirut, the new embassy uh, in Beirut last night. Um, and uh, th th they were having to uh, uh, dispel those thousands of people that were there. Let, let's ask a question. Somebody ask a question. This is this is an easy one in these circumstances, but uh, someone wants to know, uh, Ellie, let me just throw this to you. In, in your talking with Jews, uh, do you emphasize Jesus as the Messiah as predicted uh, in the Old Testament? That is a really softball question I'm throwing you right now. Yeah, and and you know, of course we do, and that's mainly of what we think. And we just put out just before the war started, we put out a beautiful animation called uh, "The Man with the Mysterious Foot," um, which went through. It was kind of going through all the references uh, in the Bible uh, that point to Jesus, and it was uh, this detective who was finding all these references like a clue. Um, and that's an animation we just put out to the Israeli public to kind of open up their interest in knowing how many references are in the Old Testament that we believe with the, every ounce of our being that are fulfilled in the Messiah Jesus. Um, so that's just something we already have 100,000 views on it. Um, and it just came out and it's a beautiful animation. It's part of our project where we're creating um, short animations to uh, depict and bring the gospel in a relevant way uh, to the Israeli people. And I believe that this is one of the first uh, Israeli expressions of sharing the gospel that aren't just coming uh, inspired by other uh, evangelistic campaigns, which are great, but of a, a true Israeli creativity and a creative way to share the gospel to the Israeli people. Um, one of our videos uh, from the Good Samaritan just hit over a million views. Uh, online and YouTube. And so these are the kind of things that we're doing to communicate and to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. And it's part of our new website, which is called uh, Yeshua Full Stop, uh, which is a beautiful website mm. that we put out uh, at the beginning of this year. Mm. And Yeshua meaning Jesus, right? Yes, yes. And and the, let, let me tie into that question that what, what David just told us. Um, 66 people requesting a New Testament with Psalms uh, in just the last few days. That may not sound like a lot of people, but that's a lot of people, isn't it? Yes. Well, it, that well, I mean, and I think what we can look at is we just look at the numbers. If we just look at four or five years ago, we were receiving about 200. 250 orders a week, uh, a year, sorry. And right now, uh, this year, we've already crossed uh, 1,000, 1,500. And the amount, we're getting close to the amount we used to get per year a month. Um, and that's with cooperation with other websites and different things. But the reality is you cannot get a New Testament in Israel in a regular bookshop. You cannot buy it. You cannot find it any other way. And so what we're doing is we're providing that service for anyone who wants to read the New Testament. And, you know, 
different people are at their different place uh, in their spiritual journey, but everyone is so thankful to receive and get uh, a, the, the, the New Testament in their language. Um, and many people begin reading it just uh, last two weeks ago, one of our uh, one of the guys who ordered a New Testament, he not read it. He received it and not read it. After the war, he began reading it. Um, and as a result, uh, he, 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 I'm sorry, not uh, just after the war, just before the war started, he began reading it during Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of fasting. And so he read it through the day of atonement and he came to the conclusion, Jesus must be the Messiah. Mm. And so mm. that's the kind of seeds that we're able to sow and to give to people. Um, you never know when they're going to pick it up and start reading it. But right. more often than not, when people do begin picking up and reading it, um, this is why we, we still are so much into giving a physical copy. Because you it's not just something that you stumble on online or things. It's just something sitting in your house. And giving that opportunity that you, you read it. And that's what this guy did. He ordered it because he was interesting during the Day of Atonement. He read it during his fast. And at the end of it, he came to one of our missionaries, Yoel, and he met with him and he said, I believe in Jesus. Mm. Um, and so that's wow. no, that's what we're all about. And that's what we would be doing all day long if we weren't helping uh, right now uh, different efforts uh, with the war. But And why couple a New Testament with the Psalms? Well, I think um, a lot of during this time, um, psalm reading is very common, and it's a very common Jewish practice in times of trouble and in times of difficulty and in general times. So one of the things that we do is um, by coupling the psalms with the New Testament, we give them something that they're familiar with, that they want to have, along with something that they do not yet know. And we really want to communicate to them that this is one and whole thing. And so that's how we can provide that. And we send that. And, and uh, during such a difficult time, we felt it's so right to also provide an opportunity for people to have a place to read the Psalms, uh, because that's what I've been doing every morning since this happened. Um, it's I, I've actually found difficulty reading anything else in the Bible, uh, but the Psalms. The Psalms just feel like the, the prayers that I cannot think of. And so... Uh, that's what I've been praying, and it's a very Jewish uh, practice, um, and I recommend it also for Christians, especially when you don't know what to pray. Turn to Psalms. Even for a goyim like me. Thank you. Exactly. That's, that's good. David, tell us what Jews for Jesus is doing right now on the ground in the middle of this war. We are ministering the gospel as we Ellie just described, through the distribution of scriptures, um, we are meeting the practical needs of Israelis and really anyone who uh, was uh, in our sphere of influence, whether they be Jewish or not, um, through uh, food, um, through uh, clothing, uh, blankets, flashlights, uh, personal hygiene issues. There's a lot of people who just have no access to that right now. The store shelves are pretty uh, barren right now. People are have gone and, and prepared themselves for this conflict. And, and, and so we are resourcing people who are desperately in need. And uh, But all along, we're also ministering 
to the emotional needs of the people. So for example, Ellie just mentioned, you've got a, a lot of people whose husbands are at the front and you've got wives and children who are behind and, and they're stressed out. And so we have a home that we've, uh, we've leased for the time being uh, outside of the city of Tel Aviv that uh, mothers with their children are invited to come to. And uh, Ellie was just telling me that recently they had a, a, a day where they invited uh, parents to bring their kids to pet puppies. So we got a bunch of puppies mm -hmm. in this house and uh, they were just having so much fun with the puppies and it gives them an opportunity to get some relief and release from the fear. Uh, and, and, and so this kind of trauma, the PTSD that comes from having to run to the to the, the shelters, the, the safe rooms and spend hours upon hours and, and knowing and having to attend funerals of people that you've known and loved. Uh, it's, it's nonstop, 24 seven funerals and reports of things that are going on in the war. This has its impact and we need to care for people, not just physically, not just spiritually, but also emotionally as mm. they with the trauma that they're facing. And we're mm. doing all three to the best of our ability. Ellie, let's uh, go back to you in your uh, safe room there, uh, as there's been another uh, rocket attack on Israel. But uh, I want to throw you one more softball question, and then we're going to have to pray in a minute and sign off. We we have many questions. Thank you for everyone that has been giving us questions. Here's a softball question for you. Um, what is your favorite place in the Old Testament to show that Jesus of Nazareth is indeed the Messiah? Uh, that That's not a softball question, because now I have to pick one. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think my, my favorite, I mean, is, is probably the most well-known and the most popular, and that's Isaiah 53, because mm. it is the chapter in the Bible, which I have known the most people to have read and come to faith in Jesus. Um, because when uh, I read, my sister read it to my Jewish grandmother in New York, um, she immediately said, that must be in the New Testament. Um, she couldn't believe it was in, in this. And so Isaiah 53, uh, also I learned it by heart in Hebrew when I was eight years old with a Jews for Jesus missionary who, was, who just came to Israel to set up our work. Uh, so uh, I have uh, I'm very connected to when I was nine or 10 years old, I was learning it. Uh, by heart with the Jews for Jews missionary serving here. And so, and that, I remember it to this day because of that, uh, that time and that thing. So that's definitely my favorite uh, verse uh, in, in the old Testament. Wow. That points wow. to Yeshua. And I, even as a Goyim, I can't tell you how many Jews who've met Yeshua I've met. And when I ask the very same question, it's always Isaiah 53. And I even know of a rabbi once who told someone who was interested, he said, now, whatever you do, don't read Isaiah 53. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, what did the person do? They immediately went home and read Isaiah 53 and said, absolutely, Jesus had to be the Messiah. And they became a follower of Jesus and repented of their sins. And uh, I'll see that person again someday in glory. Well, I would encourage everyone that's joined us. Thank you for joining us so much. Uh, I would encourage you to pray 
uh, pray the Psalms, as Zelie was talking about, uh, but pray for peace in Israel, and pray that uh, people would come to faith, both Jews and Muslims would come to faith in Yeshua, in Jesus right now. And if you'll go to our website, you can make a difference and make a gift. Remember what we do. We don't take any handling fees out like many organizations. Whatever you want to send uh, to help for a gospel outreach uh, that, that is multi-fold, uh, as David just explained to us, uh, we will send that. We're wiring money to Jews for Jesus to get it there quickly, get it on site, and to make a difference for the kingdom. And uh, you can do that on our website, haventoday.org, or you can just call us in a minute at 865-HAVEN. Um, David, do you have a last something you want to share? And then I'd like to ask Ellie to close us in prayer from Tel Aviv uh, under a missile alert right now. But anything else would you like to share with us before we have to go? I, I am just so glad that the conflict is driving people to the scriptures. And the Psalms are truly uh, the most read uh, uh, from the Tanakh, from the Hebrew Bible. And I just want to pray that Jewish people will read Psalm 2 and Psalm 16 mm -hmm. and Psalm 22. You cannot miss the image of Psalm 22. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They pierce my hands and my feet. It's a picture of Jesus just as much as Isaiah 53. Psalm 110, there's so much of Jesus in the Psalms as well. And we are sharing the New Testament. We're sharing the Psalms and it's all about Jesus. And he is our only hope for peace. The light the light of the world, Jesus Christ. You both have been preaching to us today, and I thank you for that. Um, all right, Ellie Birnbaum in Tel Aviv, would you lead us in prayer? And perhaps if you want to, uh, pray in English, but also pray uh, in Hebrew as well. Heavenly Father, Avinu uh, on days like this, we too really look to Psalm 22 and feel um, as though we've been forsaken in this corner of the earth. Yet knowing the gospel, knowing that Jesus um, even was forsaken on the cross so that we would never be forsaken. Oh Lord, help us to turn to you in these times. Let us take our strength from you and not from anything else. And Lord, I just want to thank you uh, so much for all the brothers and sisters around the world who are lifting us daily uh, in these moments. Let us hold on to the hope of Jesus and long for your return to bring your peace to this earth um, and to this region. Uh, Lord, we ask that in the name of Yeshua that you would give us the opportunities to preach the good news um, during this time. Give us uh, the wisdom, the direction to bring hope when all have lost hope. Uh, let us not lose hope ourselves, but get, but hold on to the hope that Yeshua has given us uh, during this time. And, and I will end with saying the Lord's Prayer uh, in Hebrew. Avinu shabashamayim, yitkadeshimcha, tovomalchutcha, 
יעשה רצונך, כבשמיים כן בארץ. את לחם חוקנו תן לנו היום, ואל תביאנו לידי ניסיון, כי אם חלצנו מן הרע. כי לך הממלכה והגבורה והתפארת לעולמי עולמים. אמן. 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 At headquarters of Jews for Jesus, David Brickner, thank you for joining us uh, in a safe room, bomb shelter in Tel Aviv, Eli Birnbaum, thank you for joining us. And as they say in Israel, Shalom, Shalom. May the Lord Jesus Christ be made known even through this war. God bless you Amen. both. Thank you. God And thank you, you to everyone who joined us today. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so thankful that we could talk with David and Ellie from Jews for Jesus on the podcast today. Please remember to keep praying for them and peace in the Holy Land. I'd also like to encourage you to send support through our program called Help and Hope for Israel, which we will forward to Jews for Jesus. Not only are they handing out blankets, towels, clothing, toiletries, even food, they're also handing out copies of the New Testament with the Psalms and offering to pray for those affected. What can you do to help Israel? Well, this is a way. Dollar for dollar, no handling fees. We'll send your aid quickly through Help and Hope for Israel. 50, 500, 5,000. Pray about what the Lord wants you to send as this war is still going. This is not something to delay over. Call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or tell us how much you want to send for Israel and how much for Haven today, and we'll honor your wishes. Or go to our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. And don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend about our podcast. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.